This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech fan number 50. As usual, joined by uh, David Cohen. Hello, David. Hi, how are you? Well, uh, I will be okay if Skype doesn't melt down on us here. Yeah, it's, it's uh, one tech problem after another today. It is. And, you know, we were trying to think for a while, David, what we were going to do for our big 50th episode. And after the events of this week, it's kind of uh, decided for us, I guess. Yeah, not not in a good way. No, not, not the way I would have liked to have marked it. But you've got to you've got to roll with the punches. That's right. We've got a large panel today, and we're going to kind of bring people in one at a time. And I've also have some pre-recorded material that people sent in. Obviously, we're going to be talking about Steve Jobs and his passing away this week. And uh, I want to start with somebody who's got to get out of here pretty quickly. And uh, Rich Lefko, uh, contributor at MyMac.com. Welcome, Rich. Hi. How you doing today, guys? Uh, better today than I was a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah I'd agree definitely. with that. Yeah. So let me ask you, Rich, where, what were you doing when you found out that, uh, Steve Jobs had passed away? Well, I was sitting on the couch in my living room, uh, with the TV on and I was messing around with my iPad and, uh, the news flash came, uh, on the, uh, on the TV. I know my middle son was, uh, sitting there with me and, uh, he said to me, dad, look at that. And uh, I looked at it. I was, I was stunned to say the least. You know, it, it made me realize. Just uh, uh, it made me think of a whole bunch of different things. You know, but I turned to my son. The first thought I had was, you know, uh, it it really doesn't matter how much money you have or how famous you are. When you lose your health, uh, it's all over. Yeah, everyone. Thing else is secondary. That's for sure. You know, so uh, uh, I, I think I think uh, uh, over the past couple of days, I'll tell you, I've been walking around almost uh, in a very melancholy mood. Uh, uh, I never thought that the passing of Steve would hit me uh, so personally. Why do you think that is? You know, I you know I, I honestly been thinking about that quite a bit, and it's because of all the junk he made. You know all the stuff he made that uh, 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 that I have the Mac that I'm looking at right now, the iPad that I was working on when uh, uh, when I heard the news. You know this guy uh, uh, was so creative, and 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 all the things that I've been reading since then. I don't think I've ever I don't think I ever really looked at. He was very he was a very private guy, and uh, and I never realized how private he was because. I didn't even think I realized he had uh, uh, as many kids as he has uh, uh, until uh, I started reading some of the news reports. Yeah, that's one of the things about Steve Jobs. He was, you know, very public in one respect and very private in the other. And you have to kind of respect that. I mean, there was a clear separation between his his personal life and his business life. And, you know... Like a lot of people, my my thoughts immediately turned to his family. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, this has got to be terrible for them. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. My fear is, you know, his widow is inheriting a lot of money, and she's uh, very much into liberal liberal arts and that sort of thing. And my fear is the paparazzi is going to start kind of, you know, following that family around now and trying to get the shot and. You know that's one of my fears, and I just I really hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I I know what you mean. One of the great things about Steve was that he really wasn't political. 
Well, he was, yeah. but he kept that to himself. It, he yeah, was political well, in I his mean. private life. Yeah, and that's what I mean. He was, you know, he didn't, he didn't, you know, go out and and run one way or the other. I mean, I'm just very impressed with uh, uh, the more. I, it's funny. The more I read about this guy now, the more impressed I am with him. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with the fact that uh, he knew the end was coming. And it looked to me like this guy uh, uh, loved life so much that he just didn't want to give up a minute of that. And he worked until he could, you know, he couldn't stand anymore. It sure seems and, that uh, way. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, I mean, that kind of work ethic uh, and that kind of brilliance, uh, it really, it just impresses the hell out of me as a man, you know. Yeah. Anything else you want to contribute before we uh, let you get on your way? And we, uh, we're not going to take regular commercial breaks this week, folks. We've got some, like I said, pre-recorded material. We'll drop them in. And then we'll come back here joining the live conversation. But uh, Rich, the floor yeah, is yours. The last, yeah, the last thing I want to say is uh, I ordered my first iPhone this morning. And uh, uh, it, 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 it wasn't because of Steve, obviously. It was, it, there was a variety of reasons why I haven't had an iPhone. And I'm not going to go into that detail because that's uh, You've been cares? talking about but, getting an iPhone for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't been able to because of AT and T and Verizon, and then I was waiting for the iPhone five. So, so I, I ordered uh, the iPhone four S this morning. I'll tell you, for me, that four S, uh, you know, they they don't know what the S means, you know. And uh, uh, I was reading somewhere else because I'm not clever enough to think of this kind of stuff. But I read somewhere that somebody was saying that it could mean for Steve, mm. the the 4S. And I thought, you know, in a way, that's what that iPhone will always mean to me when I get it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my heart goes out to Steve's family and to all of the Mac users out there who, uh, uh, whose lives were touched by this guy. Thanks, Rich. And we'll, Thanks be, a lot. we'll be right back. Back with tech fan number 50, uh, David Cohen, Tim Robertson. And like I said, we've got a lot of people on Skype. Everyone else is muted, and we're kind of bringing people in one or two at a time. This time, a good friend of mine, David Bieni. Hello, David. Hey, Tim. How's it going, man? Uh, well, you know, I wish we were talking under happier circumstances, to be honest, but it is what it is. Yeah. So you've got a very rich history in uh, computers and technology, as a lot of people know. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you've got a, a very rich history when it comes to Apple computers in particular. Um Jeez. Where were you when you found out Steve had died? It's interesting. I had been on uh, on my computer most of the day, and I decided to sort of just take a break, right? And I wanted to call my cousin Eric. And so I picked up the phone. I walked away from the computer, <clears throat> sat down on my couch, picked up my phone, and I called my cousin Eric, and it was really weird. It was one of those things where apparently he was, like, just watching TV. The phone rings on his end, and as he picks up the phone... And hits the respond button. He the news flashes on the TV that Steve Jobs has died. So, I, I, the phone rings. He picks it up, and I go, "Hey, Eric!" And he goes, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, oh, "That was his response to me, like, hey, Eric! Oh my god! What's going on? Steve Jobs died, and it was just like a thunderbolt. I was just, Whoa. and it was definitely one of those John Lennon type moments. Yeah, you know, you'll never forget. I'll never forget." And I spoke to him for a little while, and I was just like really calm and fairly calm and collected about it. Got off the phone with him, went back on Facebook, 
and then went to the Apple website, and that's when it really just sort of hit me, and and I had a very emotional reaction, um, because as as a fr- another friend of mine, my buddy Joe, emailed me hours later. He said, "You know, what's really sad about this is that none of us would know each other had it not been for Steve." Well, and that's the thing that I. Uh, somebody told me yesterday, I don't get it. Yeah, okay, he was an important guy and all, but yeah, everybody like- seems to be sad on Facebook right now, and I, I don't get that. <clears throat> and I I wasn't in the mood to explain it to him, but yeah. from my personal experience, I wouldn't be doing anything I'm doing right now. I wouldn't know my wife. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I met her because of uh, being on computers. Yeah. I wouldn't be recording this show. Podcasting yep. simply would not exist without Steve Jobs. Yep. Um, I'm not saying he invented it, but he invented everything around it, uh, or ran a company that invented a lot of the stuff that made it possible. Uh, I obviously I wouldn't know you, David. David, no. either one yeah. of you. You know, no. um, mymac.com wouldn't exist. I mean, the job I have right now, COO of Mac Specialist, Mac, right there in the name, would not exist without Steve Jobs. Um, in all, all my close things, friends, yeah. I would I wouldn't have any of my close friends right now if it wasn't for the Macintosh. Right. One of the words you see all these terms that are thrown at Steve's name uh, this week. You know, uh, visionary, tech pioneer. All of those things are true. But what the word that hit me was enabler. Absolutely. The guy enabled us to yeah. basically not only do what we do, but like I said, pretty much. Yeah, my entire adult life, my social life during my adult life, my professional career. And and I'm not one of these people that started with the Macintosh. Um, you, you, you read a lot of people who got into Apple because either the Mac or like the iPod or stuff like that. I first encountered Apple down in South America, living in Caracas, Venezuela in the late 70s. A friend of mine got an Apple, a wealthy friend of mine got an early Apple II on a trip to, I think it was to Florida, and he brought it back, and lo and behold, all the documentation was in English. So he's like, could you come over and help me learn how to use this thing? And I was already one of these kids that grew up like taking apart radios and stuff. Um, so for me, it was just like second nature to get into this thing. And it, it people like to think that, you know, the IBM PC was like the first personal computer, and it's like, no, no, no. The IBM PC was IBM's mandate to Don Estridge to go build an Apple II-like machine with off-the-shelf parts. So that was at a time when the Apple II dominated the education market, dominated the business market because of that silly little spreadsheet, VisiCalc. There's there's just a whole bunch of history that has sort of been forgotten, and, and really in many ways that's sort of a role that I play amongst my friends I'm like the the Apple historian. Um, by the way, just to address something from from before, two different friends at Apple have indeed confirmed for me that the iPhone 4S it was for Steve. So so it absolutely was named after him. And if you saw any of the pictures from the Tim Cook um, rollout of the iPhone 4S this week. Well, two things. Now we understand the sort of muted tone of the whole thing because they all knew exactly what was going on. And there was that infamous picture of that one seat with the reserve thing over it that was clearly Steve's seat. Uh, I don't know if you saw that picture, but that, you know, it was a very somber tone in that hall and none of us really knew. 
Yeah. It makes all those who kind of... Uh, I don't want to say us. I'm sure none of us. A lot of people criticize you know, the whole thing. Oh, this isn't the greatest product that they said it was going to be and blah, blah, blah. And it, it wasn't as exciting. And I bet, I bet those tech pundits who wrote that feel like asses now. I've, that, I've seen quite a few posts from a couple of people like Scoble and uh, Brian Chen. Of course, he used to work for Gizmodo and was yeah. involved in that whole iPhone yeah. 4 theft thing who have, uh, just for a change, eaten a little bit of humble pie this week. And, um, you know, I, I hope it sticks. Yeah, good luck with that. I, I, yeah. I agree, though. <laughs> I, I, I hope it does, too, but, yeah, no, it won't. No, the, pundit, the pundits will not stop being idiots. That's not going to change. No. <laughs> and that's human nature, though, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. So, David, much. Uh, before we uh, let you run and uh, bring in our next special guest here, uh, the floor is yours. What do you want to talk about? Well, um, the simple fact that uh, just like the best movies, and people try to understand you know, the role that Jobs played in all of this, and one of the things that you see in the best movies that were ever made were, was that you, you have this great team of people. Like Making a movie takes a cast of thousands. Tons of people... All of the people listed on the credits that you never sit to, to watch when the movie's done rolling. You always run out of the theater to the run of the bathroom. But um, the director is the central vision. The director is the person that really keeps it, it, it keeps everything on track, is the glue that holds all those people together. And the director is the person that attracts the people who want to be involved in making that movie into that project to begin with. Um, that clear central vision, when it's there, in something like Citizen Kane, you see a masterpiece. When it's not there, when you see uh, uh, someone who doesn't know what they're doing in terms of trying to tell a story, like, let's say, Michael Bay, you see a big cacophonous nightmare that really doesn't get anywhere. Um, Steve Jobs was the central vision at Apple. He was the director, the glue that kept it all together, and the enabler that not only let people do their best work, but really pushed and demanded that they do their best work. And when you push and demand like that, it doesn't endear you to many. Jim Cameron, who's probably one of the greatest directors to live in my lifetime, um, he's a perfectionist. He's not known to be easy to work with, but it's interesting. The same people that work on one of his movies end up working on most of his movies. They keep wanting to do movies with Jim because he has a really clear vision of what he wants. He doesn't compromise to get there. And in that sense, I really think of Cameron and Jobs much in the same kind of a, of a thought. They're, they're one and the same, really, in many ways. So uh, Apple's lost its greatest director. And what I will say is that for people who think that this like spells the end of Apple's reign, Go on to any search engine and Google the term Apple University, and you'll understand exactly how smart Steve was. He did indeed know that this time was coming, and he prepared for it in a way that I think will keep Apple going very well into the future. David, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. I do want to have you back soon. Uh, I know that you were one of the key people... Uh, writers, anyways, of the relaunch and rebirth of the so-called Byte magazine, oh. and I know that didn't end well with you there. And I would love to uh, 
to discuss that story. I think it's something that people would enjoy hearing about. And I know you're going to have a very unique perspective on what's going on over there. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, good. For anybody interested in that, go look at Byte.com and go look at the last couple of posts up there. You'll find some very interesting comments in those posts from yours truly. Yeah. And let's have you back on the show and talk about that because it's a, it's an interesting story. And I think tech-wise, uh, that's the kind of stuff we like to talk about here on, on TechFam. I'd be thrilled, Tim. Thank Th- you. Thank you very much for coming on, David. Uh, we'll be right back. This is Mike Breed, a member of the MyMac.com staff of writers, and I just wanted to take a moment to express my condolences to Steve Jobs' family and the entire Apple community. We can never be truly prepared for the loss of the visionary and innovator that has had such an impact on us all. I have great memories of using an Apple IIe during my basic computer programming class in the seventh grade. Of course, as a high school science teacher and a member of the MyMac.com family, Steve's work has made a huge impact on my adult life as well. Even with the knowledge that Steve was ill with one of the most aggressive known forms of cancer, I've always had the secret hope that he'd somehow manage to beat it and wow us once again with something new and innovative that I never even knew I needed. The news of his death brought that hope to a close, and I find that it's more upsetting than I even anticipated. The world has lost a visionary, a tremendous businessman, and one hell of an inspiration. Steve, you will be missed. And we're back with Tech Fan 50 as my telephone rings in the background, but I'm just going to ignore it because I'm lazy. Um, we were joined by Sam Levin. Sam is the host of At Minute and uh, formerly of HP, one of yeah. the uh, victims of the, the brilliant decision to cancel a project after six weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. So, Sam, uh, it's been a couple days. Uh, Where were you? How did you find out Steve Jobs had passed away? Actually, my my nephew rang me, uh, and he's from Indiana, and he rings me. and He says, Sam, did you hear the news? I said, what? He goes, Steve Jobs died. And I said, no. I mean, it happened, you know, within minutes, I guess. He's on the net 24-7, and he called me on my iPhone. Now, I, I guess... Steve had passed away in the morning. That's what I was told. And I was, I was called late afternoon. So the information wasn't uh, uh, relayed to the public till later in the day. I think that's the case. But anyway, I was, uh, I was with a friend and uh, just walking. And uh, that's when I got the news. And it's pretty, pretty sad. It was not surprising. Um, no, we all knew that his yeah. health had been deteriorating for a long time. And when we saw the email as he stepped down as CEO, oh, just six weeks ago, yeah, uh, CEO, you know, yeah. I, I think a lot of people assumed that his health had taken a turn for the worst. But Rich earlier uh, said, you know, he he kind of thought that he might be coming back. Um, now, I, I kind of was holding out hope. That Steve Jobs yeah. would return, and yeah, and he'd he'd been fighting it for so long, and it's not a disease that normally you can last for long with. So I I, I think a lot of us could kind of assume that that he would, you know, continue to be able to bounce back from it, or it, or at least stay in a stable place, and not not get yeah, you know, no, worse. But once I saw his photo, what he looked like, I I I I kind of I didn't think that he would be coming back. And that's not. He's he's 
so lucky that he spent you know the time that he had i mean people usually never last that long pancreatic cancer um but um i think we're so happy that we had him for that period of time even though he he passed away way too early i mean 56 that's way too early absolutely absolutely and it's undeniable the effects that his career had on all of us what did it mean to you what where does Steve Jobs rank in where Sam Levin is today? Well, you know, a lot of people, it's a great question, Tim. Uh, a lot of people talk about what he what he has done. Now, if it weren't for him, you and I would have never met. I wouldn't have met some of my closest friends, all of you folks you know, in, in particular. But he touched millions and millions of lives, but way beyond the sphere of Apple, his DNA is present and will be present within other companies and how they design and how they build their products too. Um, and that is what is just amazing. Um, anyway, I've got a phone ringing. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, so uh, to me, that is... That is what is truly remarkable is that Steve Jobs will live on with many, many other people in other devices of how they built devices, how they created their their products, their applications. Um, that to me. So you're is, saying his influence is beyond Apple. It's 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 beyond. It's it's absolutely. It's look look at Samsung. Look at look at all the other products. Um, One could make the argument that Microsoft it wouldn't be Microsoft if it wasn't for Steve Jobs. Well, I, I don't. I'm not going to go there with that. You might be right, but I, I, I don't think so. But what I, what I do think so. You mean because of Windows? Absolutely. You know, yeah, but a lot of look, a lot of Apple wouldn't be Apple without Altos. Apple wouldn't be Apple without certain other things that he learned that they learned from. You know. Um, from Xerox with with their operating system, so certain you know, other people uh, derive other things from other companies, and it it's become. I mean, it's amazing what what Steve has done with um, um, with Apple, but way beyond. He's he's touched millions of other people and generations to come, and how we interact, um, how we build products how other companies are building products because of his uh, his knowledge base. And I I really hope that that DNA, that Steve's fingerprints will stay within the corporate culture uh, forever. That is, that is my true desire um, because that's why Apple's so great because it's the pursuit of excellence, the pursuit of building the best user experience in the world. Sam Levin, I appreciate you coming on this week, and I look forward to hearing some more App Minutes from you in the future. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sam. All right. Bye. I guess I was probably around 11 or 12 when my brother introduced me to the world of Apple computers. Maybe a little younger, somewhere in there. We were living in Japan at the time. We didn't have a lot of money. And uh, so my brother built an Apple II clone using kits that were available, and then, of course, bootlegged 
Apple ROMs. And we used to sit around and type games or other code into the computer from computer magazines. And my job was to type a bunch of stuff in and then I would be rewarded by being able to play some games. And that Apple II clone was the introduction into computers for me and into the world of Apple. When we came back to the United States, the customs agents helpfully confiscated the computer because it was an illegal clone. And that was a pretty shattering event for us because, I mean, that was, you know, as far as we were concerned, it was an Apple computer. Granted, we didn't have the money to get the actual one, but, uh, you know, that was, that was a... That was a momentous event in the life of a young Apple fan, having what they considered their Apple computer taken away. And then in 1984, the Mac was released. The original Macintosh was introduced. And that was my first computer that I personally owned. My dad bought me one of those. And we kept upgrading it as upgrades became available. 512K, Mac Plus, you know, external hard drives, that kind of thing. But it strikes me that a lot of the people today that I've been reading comments about Steve Jobs from on the internet have only been following Apple since iPod or iPhone even. Not very long. And maybe they've done some research and they understand what the history of Apple is and what Steve Jobs did and the contributions that he's made to the tech industry and and basically how he had the vision to make everything happen. But I wonder, you know, I guess they don't, they'll never know what it was like to be using computers in those times and experiencing those times and how, how cool it was, how exciting, and how much freedom there was in the things that you could do and the options that you had. I think that the greatest contribution that Steve Jobs has had is being able to see that and being able to see it in a way that translates to real people, real human beings, not just geeks, not just nerds. In fact, a lot of geeks and nerds don't understand Apple products, and they don't like them. There's a lot of fandroidism going on with you know comments about Apple and their products and stuff like that, and they just don't get it. It's not a spec war. It's the experience, the delight that you get from using the product and compared to anything else and that's basically what it boils down to there's very few people in the tech industry who have that kind of thinking who have that kind of ability to instill that usability and that consumer friendliness into products it's amazing but it's true it seems obvious that that's how they should be but people aren't able to do that and I think that was probably the greatest contribution that Steve Jobs had to the tech industry and to the world at large because he didn't just affect the tech industry. So while yesterday was not a surprise necessarily, it it was still stunning. It still it was still a blow, especially for people that have been following this company and its products for a long time and have fond memories of of Steve Jobs and the things that he introduced into the world. So it's definitely the end of an era, and uh, it's a sad, sad day.
One of the pitfalls of recording a podcast ahead of time, which most of us do, is you're not always the most timely. And unfortunately, that happened with the MyMac.com podcast this week. Guy and Gaz recorded their show, and the next day Steve Jobs passed away. That puts them in a very precarious position. Do they go ahead and release the show? And for those listening to Tech Fan right now, uh, you may not be familiar with MyMac. Guy and Gaz really enjoy themselves on the podcast. I enjoy listening to it. It makes me laugh all the time. But yet, how do you release a show like that? Well, you kind of don't. We've got kind of a compromise this week. Uh, recording this for Tech Fan number 50. It's also going to show up. At the beginning of my Mac podcast, what number would this be, Guy? Uh, it was 370, I believe. So 370. So this is my Mac podcast number 370, as well as tech fan number 50. David Cohen is here with me, as well as Guy and Gaz. Welcome, guys. Hey. So let me start with you, Gaz. Where were you, and how did you find out that Steve Jobs had passed away? It was slightly surreal, I suppose, because... Um, obviously it was overnight as far as we were concerned in the UK and I basically woke in the morning to my iPod Touch um, which has a regular morning alarm so that basically went off and I turned it off and I've got a a small portable radio which um, I just always flick on in the morning and I listen to a station called uh, Radio 5 Live and over the past number of years um, there's been a lot more news uh, on Five uh, Radio 5 Live um, concerning Apple and I was listening to a voice I turned it on straight away and I was listening to a voice I kind of you know recalled and it was I'm probably going to crucify his name here but it's Leander Kahani I think it is from Cult of Map mm-hmm. uh, Cult of Mac uh, and he was talking and I thought I recognise that voice and they were basically going over Steve Jobs and you know what a great guy he was and you know what he'd done etc etc and i'd come into the uh, this interview halfway through and then it finished uh and they obviously moved on to their next uh, item um they'd obviously said at the start presumably about the death but they hadn't said anything afterwards so it was a little bit surreal for me because my first impression was they're talking about steve jobs he must have died and I then went straight onto um, my iPad, which uh, sits um, beside the bed, onto the new streams, and yeah, that's pretty much how it was confirmed for me. It was it was a similar sort of thing for me. The uh, alarm alarm radio went off, and, and mine's tuned to come on at seven, so it comes on on all the dot seven o'clock. So literally, the first thing that comes on is the start of the news broadcast seven o'clock. So it, it, I, I literally woke up, and it's the first thing I heard. And you know, when you're in that situation where you you hear something but you're not really sure whether you're dreaming it because you're still half asleep yeah. Yeah. um so it's the same thing it's like did i really hear that is that absolutely true and of course yeah immediately die for a device and then start looking you know and um a bit of shock first thing in the morning how about, you, how about you guy although i, I already know the answer to yeah, guys you, you kind of already know the answer uh tim you called me at roughly about 755 eastern standard time as just as i was getting ready to to walk out the door you, you were my night. first call by the way guy oh i'm i'm flattered i i found out and the first thing i did was call guy Searle. so um 
you had called just as I was like picking up my keys. You know, my wife was was calling to me saying, "Yo, it's Tim, it's Tim," and and I was already late leaving the house, and I was sitting there thinking, "Well, should I take it now or call him when I get back?" And oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll just take it and you know make an excuse that I got to run and, and I'll call him back. And uh, so I, I picked up the phone, and you know, you were very very somber, and you know, basically the first words out of your mouth were, "You know, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but Steve Jobs is dead." Actually, I and, think I told you to go to Apple.com. Yeah, yeah, you did. But uh, that, you're right, you're right, you're right. You but know why? I, 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 I know, but I, I almost couldn't say it. I, I, did, I just simply didn't want to say Steve Jobs died. Right. I just wanted you to go to Apple.com so you would know. Yeah, but I couldn't. Yeah, I know. And so you went ahead and told me. And I think we talked for, what, five, five uh, or ten minutes. I was yeah. definitely late going to get my kids. Yep. And it was, you know, I'm standing there in my kitchen, and it was kind of similar, and I think somebody mentioned this earlier, it was kind of similar to the way I felt when I'd heard that, uh, that John Lennon had died, where, you know, it, it's someone you don't know personally, but someone who has had in one way or another uh, a very great influence on your life and the, the way that you think and the things that you do. And there's nothing you can do. It's not like I could pick up the phone and call Yoko and say, I'm so sorry about your loss. You know, at the same time, I, I couldn't call anyone at Apple or I couldn't call anyone from uh, uh, Steve's family and express how sorry I was and how you know, this had deeply moved me. So, you know, you, you're, you're kind of in a, in a, in a flux and you, you don't really know what to, to do with yourself. And, and oddly enough, um, I went and picked my kids up. And as soon as my kids got into the car, uh, my son Peter looked at me and said, did you hear that Steve Jobs had died? And I kind of, you know, what? How, how did you know? Well, uh, the, uh, the grandmaster for the Dojang that they both go to, I converted him to Apple like a, a number of years ago and have, you know, fixed both kids max as the years have gone on and uh his daughter joy had heard and had had told you know um, the people that that were interested in things like that so peter probably knew about it before i did it's one of those news stories that seem to work its way around the planet almost instantaneously well, you know, thanks to you know Twitter and Facebook and and everything else, you know, the social yeah, but social media really, really, I mean, just I, I can't remember the the last time that social you know, even even when Michael Jackson died, it, it it didn't have this kind of effect on social media. No, I think I think uh, the thing one of the things that's actually really struck me about this and has has really crystallized for me how um, Steve Jobs wasn't just a uh, you know, a head of a tech company, and he wasn't just another CEO, another marketer, or whatever you want to call him. Um, is the fact that not just the social media and the electronic media and the tech press and everything, but all, all the mainstream press picked yeah. it up and ran with it straight yeah. away. As I said, this this news broadcast I heard it on this was seven o'clock in the morning on BBC Radio Two. This is like one of the biggest radio stations in this country, and it was their lead story. Um, and this is this is kind of the how it how it's how it's been approached. This is the sort of coverage you would get for a, a somebody. A, 
I think before he got really sick and before you know people start to realize that he probably wasn't going to be around for another 10 20 years if you just said oh well when he when he dies it's going to be a worldwide story um you put people have gone oh no it won't it will be a you know footnote on page five um and it's not it's front page news it literally is front page news on the front of all the newspapers here in the uk it was the lead story on most of the tv programs yesterday completely supplanted some pretty important you know, political and economic stuff that's going on here in the UK at the moment. I mean, it, it was a big story. And I think the reason for that is because this is a man who has literally changed the world six, seven times over. You know, every time you think, oh, well, he, you know, he's done now, he's, he's, he's done it. He did it again and again and again. Many people, after creating Apple with the Apple II, I think would have said, you know what, Pretty That's good, good enough. Work, yeah. Pretty good piece of work. You know, this guy just kept on going. Yeah, if uh, you, you look know. at his accomplishments, starting obviously with the Apple II, the Macintosh, the laser writer, the digital camera, which most people forget about. Yeah. Um, the iPod. Pixar. Oh, pick. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Pixar. I mean, yeah. the first full-length animated movie done completely on computers. Now, he didn't start Pixar. He bought it from George Lucas, but... He let Pixar realize its true potential, which George Lucas never was going to do. It was a hobby yeah. for Lucas. Uh, yeah. So the iPod, uh, the Macintosh, obviously. Um, iTunes. Uh, iTunes, uh, iTunes alone yeah. is probably more Yeah, I think important. a lot of people won't realize just how important iTunes is. Yeah, because without iTunes, I, the, iPad, or the iPod would never have been the success it was. Yeah, the iPhone wouldn't have been the success it was, and neither would the iPad. Uh, the The iTunes really laid the groundwork for so many things. So his level of accomplishment, and, and let's be honest, it's not just Steve Jobs. He has a company, and it's a very large number of very talented people that create these products. Right? Uh, can, can I break in there for a second? Sure. The one thing that that a lot of people don't understand about someone that has vision of where they want their company to go is, is it's not enough to say yes. You also have to know when to say no. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Guy, Which is I, actually I, more important. Yeah. I, I've actually got down that that's probably one of his greatest assets that he could say no to stuff. And that's, and, and, yeah. and he, he did or, that when or, he came back to Apple. Remember Steve jobs was yeah. fired in 1986. And he came back in uh, 87. I'm oh, sorry, no, 97. 97. Yeah. And the, some of the first things he did after taking back control from Gil Emilio was to say no. He said no to the Newton. He said no to the confusing product line. He said no to the clones. Uh. You know, he's. <laughs> we're not going to get in that discussion, guy. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know if uh, you played my comments, but. I, I yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, and for those twice. listening to the MyMac, <laughs> for those listening to yeah. the the MyMac podcast right now, you'll hear that later in the show. Yeah. Um, he said no a lot, and I can't say that they were all good decisions because we don't know what he said no to the things that wasn't in the public eye. But it seems to have worked out pretty well for the guy, and and I think not just no, but. He's all. He also, and I think this is where where the real, the real skill uh, came the real, in. Where is, the he said the road, so to speak. Yeah, this is is there were times when he didn't say no. He said not yet. 
That's probably and, true as well, because the story you know, goes that they actually developed the iPad before the iPhone. Yeah. That that yeah. was a real product in development before the iPhone, and it was someone internally at, at Apple that said, this would make a great UI for a telephone, for a cell phone. Yeah. I, I don't know if we'll yeah. ever get that full story or not. Um, well, hope, hopefully when his, I mean, autobiography, you know, his autobiography, which, which I, I ordered this morning because, you know, I mean, obviously it's particularly... Has it been released yet? No. It's no, it's been, been some pre-order, pre-order but, but it's, okay. it's particularly, you know, um, particularly... Well, I'm sure, I'm sure the last chapter is being rewritten right about now. the man. Yeah. Can, can I say part of his magic was the not knowing some things about how he worked? I would agree with you. I think... For those people that there's so much in the spotlight, I, I'll give you a, a prime example, Alec Baldwin, that w- we know about the phone messages yelling at his daughter, and it skewed a lot of people's perception of the guy, regardless of what a good actor he is. Someone like Steve Jobs, we don't know. Um, and what we think we know, a lot of it was never confirmed. He never said yes or no. Yeah, and yeah. I think you're right. I think that adds to the mystique of who he was. Um, and I, I don't want to know everything, to be honest. Yeah. I want, I want some laundry. of it to... I, well, it's not just dirty laundry. It's just some things don't need to be known publicly. You know, people need to be able to have their private lives. And I, I kind of prefer it that way. Yeah. So uh, let's start here with you, Gaz. What did Steve Jobs and his legacy, what, how did it affect your life? I mean, obviously you're doing uh, multiple podcasts, which you wouldn't be doing today, but beyond that. Some people say um, too many podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is really, really difficult because I think he's going to affect, um, probably have a much bigger influence over um, my kids and their life as they they move forward because they are using Max from a much earlier age than I was. I, 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 I tweeted yesterday and I basically said that I became an Apple user late in the day and those days um, have shown me what using a computer really should have been like and finished off with thanks Apple and rest in peace Steve Jobs. And I, I think I moved quite late, much like David really, um, yeah, uh, back in 2007 and it was just a revelation it was just so much more of a experience I don't use Macs in my work life at all um, but and when when I come home previously before moving over to using uh, an Apple Mac it, it, it was always a bit of a right I've now got to turn the home computer on and see what issues i've got now to sort out with and now it's it's almost you know i really don't want to go away from home and have to leave the mac because it's just so easy to use and that is encompassed in obviously the the iphone and the ipad as well it just people want them because they're just so easy to use so for me it's just the relaxation of being able to pick up a product and it do what you expect it to do and you know, the old saying of it just works. Well, 99% of the time, it does just work. And that's the wonderful thing. And yes, it's the community for me. It's completely the community. I would never uh, have done this in the Windows world. 
And the first podcast I actually went on was an interview with Adam Christensen mm -hmm. because I was I was trying to find out how I could test run the Mac OS before I spent all of this money on some operating system I had no idea about. And, I, you know, it was like a, a another world. It was some secret world. It was, yeah, because you didn't know whether you were thinking this, this is just isn't going to work for me and I'm going to spend all this money. And then, you know, how little did I know that that really didn't matter? Because, you know, the fact that the product holds its value, the the fact that there is so good a community out there wanting to help you go through and move on. And I think for me, the biggest thing that he, he's given me is the community and and a whole new plethora of friends. I, I have to second that. I yeah. would agree with you 100%. Um, the community of Mac users is one of the greatest things I've ever participated in. And I've met so many wonderful people because of it. And it can all be attributed to what Steve Jobs did, going way back into the 70s even. And very few people, you know, have that kind of a profound effect on such a huge number of people. Guy Sturrow. And, and, yeah. and sorry, sorry, Tim, just before uh -huh. you move on to Guy. Sorry, Guy. But <laughs> okay. I interrupt we, we you often enough. <laughs> we spoke earlier about, you know, obviously uh, – the whole thing, you know, how, you know, it's he, he didn't design or he didn't invent certain things, but his journey took us to where we are now. And what an absolutely fabulous journey he must have had. Yeah, there's a saying out there, um, don't live a life wasted. Um, yeah. I, I don't think anyone will ever accuse Steve Jobs of wasting even a moment of his time. No, no, no. So, Guy Searle, Steve Jobs, yeah. what what was it about the guy? How did he affect your life? Um, actually, he affected my life long before I ever even knew who he was. I, my my brother-in-law kind of introduced me to the world of Apple. He had a, a, one of those old dual floppy leases. This is back in, I think, like 83 or early 84, and just playing around with that, I, I fell in love with it. So the, the moment that I was actually able to afford a computer, which was uh, four years later in 87, I bought a Mac Plus. Well, by that time, of course, Steve Jobs was long gone from the company. But one of the things that the, the Plus did was it introduced me to a, a much wider world than I had known before. And I think it wasn't until really 93 or 94 that I even realized that, that Steve Jobs had anything to do with Apple. I mean, a lot of times you use a product. I mean, if you have a, a Sony TV, do you know who the Sony CEO is? No, you, you don't care. It doesn't really matter. And that was kind of the way it was with the Mac for me in the early days that I used it. And little by little, as, as Steve Jobs came back, and I got more powerful computers. I discovered that one of the things that I had done as a teenager, which was right, I kind of rediscovered that talent again. Well, talent is related to the stuff that I write. And as I became more involved in the Apple community, starting off with a local user group, the Washington Apple Pie, I started to write for them. 
Well, and Guy, let's take a quick break real quick. I want to come back with you. But first, yeah. uh, David Cohen is literally has to run out in a few minutes. So let's take a quick yeah. break, come back with David, and then we'll get back to you, Guy. Hold on one second. Okay. Back, tech fan number 50. Um, celebrating the life of Steve Jobs. I don't want to say, uh, you know, mourning his passing, even though that's what we're doing. I like to think about that we're celebrating what Steve Jobs and his accomplishments meant to all of us. And David Cohen, I know you have to uh, to leave here soon. You've got some scheduled things to do in our show. Recording time has gone way over than what it usually does. Mm-hmm. But uh, Steve Jobs, what what did he what did he mean to you in your personal life and professional I, life? I, I've been I've been kind of surpri- I've surprised myself by by how uh, melancholy I've been feeling. Um, really, I. I Everyone knows me as an Apple nut, you know. I'm the I'm the guy in the office who's got his all his own Macs on the desk, and you know I always have the uh, you know I was one of the first people that anybody knew to get an iPhone in the UK and that sort of thing. So everyone knows that I'm the Apple guy. Uh, and yesterday, you know, people quite seriously, several people came up to me and said, "Are you okay? And how are you feeling? And are you all right? And you know, are, are you going to?" going to be you know do you need to wear a black armband or something some of it was joking some of it was very very serious um and uh and you know it it has it has moved me i think because it it does make me realize how much of an influence um apple has and and steve jobs under his leadership has has had on me you know i i I came to the mac and, and the apple community in kind of late 2004 early 2005 um, and you know, while I, while I am a, a big fan of their products, you know, the fact is that the the things that they've done, the way they've changed computing, the way they've commoditized computing, outside of this little tech bubble that that many of us live in, into something where everybody uses it, is is really what I appreciate. The fact that um, you know, I can walk down the street and I can see people with uh, with Macs who who aren't. You know, stereotypical computer guys, computer geeks. You know, people with iPhones and iPads who uh, don't own them because they're cool gadgets to have. They own them because they enjoy what they can deliver to them. Um, is it, is me? Is it's that that is the kind of the world changing thing. I, I I talked about this on Twitter to a couple of people after the uh, after the keynote the other day because you know, yeah, there were, some, there were some tech pundits kind of go, oh, it's boring, oh, you know, I, I don't want to see the figures and when's the product coming and when the, you know, oh, the product is just what we've heard on the rumors, there's nothing extra, there's nothing new, there's no one more thing. And, um, you know, I did say to a couple of people, so you know what, it doesn't, none of that matters because outside of the maybe, I don't know, um, one million, two million people who are, ardent Apple fans and maybe have been for a long time. There are many, many millions of other people who aren't interested in the processor, um, probably aren't that interested in, you know, the specific features of a new iPhone. All they know is it's a, it's it's the gadget that will allow them to do the things they want to do in a in a, a way that's intuitive and easy. And that commoditization, that pushing this this kind of little tech tech thing that we've that we've had for the last 20, 25 years out so it affects the world. And so, you know, you go to, as people who listen to the show know, I go to countries like Botswana, which aren't, you know, as developed as the Western world. And there you see people who want to use iPhones. They want to use iPads. They aspire to those things because they know those things allow them to do whatever they need to do better, you know. And uh, and that is, 
that is that is the thing for me, and that that's kind of uh, kind of what what it means to me. My whole, pretty much a large part of my entertainment life, my life, you know, where, where I, I I like to relax and, and enjoy myself, my leisure time, revolves around Apple because it's podcasts, it's it's video, it's uh, it's reading and that sort of thing, reading on the web, and I do it all on Apple products because that's the easiest and simplest way to do it and the way that, that, that works well with me. And so every day I get immense pleasure out of the, the stuff that Steve Jobs has allowed to happen, and uh, that is that's kind of what, what it means to me. And, I, and I'm sad. I'm sad for him personally. I'm, I'm terribly sad for his family. I, you know, my, my wife's been through it where we've lost close family members to cancer and and i know what seeing that decline is and and dealing with the the hope that somebody's going to get better and then finding out they're not and you you know you do reach that point where you realize there's only one way it's going to go um so i i'd feel terrible for his family for that to have to see him go through that um and despite his huge achievements and as i said as i said earlier in the show you know this is a man who changed the world literally six or seven times um I'm sad that we won't see, get to see the next, the next act, the next, the next product, the next idea brought to fruition. You know, and, and maybe that's greedy because he's already brought us so much. But um, I guess that's human nature to say, well, you know, that's, that's great, fabulous. Thank you so much for all of that. But I wonder what else you would have done. And, uh, you know, certainly whatever, you know, I, I know he was a Buddhist. I don't know what quite what the buddhist attitude is to to sort of death and post-death and whatever but whatever reward he was looking for after his life i think he's earned it 10 times over absolutely well, we, we we know we know steve's view on death in the fact that he said it was the greatest gift that uh, was given to life yeah. so um you know I, yes it, it is sad but we should all be so positive about it because yeah. It, that's all that's you, you you're dead right he's given so much and that's all we 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 can be really so yeah i i commented to you tim when um when you because when i after i'd heard the news i got up and picked up my phone and saw the text from you you'd sent me and i commented back to you i said he was only 15 years older than you and i yeah um but look at what he achieved and and i was actually struck uh musing on this year yesterday that so certainly in the time I've been a fan of Apple products, that all of that time was after he was diagnosed with cancer. So yeah. some of his greatest achievements have been, have been delivered while he was also fighting a, a life-threatening disease that, you know, for nine, 90, 95% of us would knock us flat the first time round. Uh, and I think that that is a, a summary for the sort of spirit and the passion he had for what he did. And I can only hope, and I'm sure he did, that he put as much passion and energy into his home life and delivering a rewarding family life to those around him as he did to his, uh, to his, his job. And I'm sure he did. And I, I, I hope that the, the, the warmth and the, and the appreciation that's been shown around the world since he died is just some small comfort to his family in saying, well, this, this was somebody who not only influenced them hugely, but really did influence the world and everybody is going to miss him. Well said. And thank you very much for being on, David. Sorry to keep you uh, over than uh, your That's usual right. time. And uh, I wish you were going to be here for the rest of the show, but I will see you next week. Yep, next week. All right. Speak to you then. All right. Take Bye, care, David. everyone. Bye. So, uh, Guy Searle. Yeah. <clears throat> you started writing. You found your passion for writing because of Apple right. products and started writing for 
the Washington Apple Pie, a very uh, famous user Apple group. user group, Macintosh right. user group, yeah. And, well, basically from there, uh, this was right around the time that the Internet was, was starting to explode. So I was, I was going to a lot of tech sites and seeing stories, and I was starting to make comments on them. And that's how I found you. And that's how you found me, because I had stumbled across MyMac.com and had made a couple of, and typically, I'm as, as most people who listen to the podcast know, I, I can be somewhat long-winded <laughs> when I speak. <laughs> yeah, Gaz is laughing. He knows. And uh, some of the comments I'd made, you had commented back on, and, and I guess there was, there was something about the way I wrote that made you... It, it, it led me to... Uh... I don't think it was a Google search. I think it was an Alta Vista search. So that's how long ago this was. Wow. And uh, I found some of your stuff on the uh, Apple Pie website. And I thought, yeah, I bet I can get him for cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knows how to put a couple letters together. That's right. Together. He could put some letters together. So that, you know, then I started, I started writing for MyMac.com. And uh, since, since I started doing, you know, not just as the, the co-host of the MyMac.com podcast, but even back when I was doing segments, podcasting, as both of you know, takes up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't been able to write as often as I used to, though I have recently started doing it again. But the one thing, you know, even, even having or even not being able to write as often as I like Having a, a a chance to express myself via the the mymac.com podcast and some of the other podcasts that I've been on is all related to everything that Apple a la Steve Jobs has created since the very beginning. And if it wasn't for Apple, I mean if, if everybody was using Windows computers, chances are I, I wouldn't have started writing again. Chances are I certainly wouldn't have been doing a podcast. And chances are I wouldn't have known, you know, half the number of people that I've met, you know, either through MyMac.com or at the MacWorld Expo or at, you know, some of the other events that, that you know, like for example, that when we did the uh the Apple Store event back for show one hundred. Yeah. I never would have met any of those people. Nope. If it wasn't for the fact that I use Apple computers and that I was passionate enough about it to ex- express my my passion for it. You know, it's it's funny in that I've sat next to you um you know, knee to knee right during a Steve Jobs keynote and one of the things that when Apple pulled out of the Macworld Expo kind of bummed me out is how many people I knew personally at that point was never going to be able to experience that because there's something special about a Macworld Expo Steve note yep. that if you never experienced, it's so hard to explain. You don't get, you can watch it and you can get all the announcements via QuickTime and all that, but being in the audience with that guy was, you feel like he's speaking to you. There, you know, they call it the reality distortion field guy, but there's some truth to that. Certainly, you know. Uh, you know, uh, can I if if I can jump in? Absolutely. I, I, I when I first you know got involved with Apple computers and and you know using them, 
it was almost one of the first things that I did was to go back and watch some of the previous keynotes because it's it's got an aura and he never sounds like he's being politically correct. He sounds like, you know, what he's telling you is coming from the heart and he knows what he's talking about and that you can trust him. And he always, and I think this is a big key for me as well, he always seems to be enjoying those keynotes and always was smiling. As well, and, as long as everything was working. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah but even, even when it wasn't, you know, it, you know, you have your kickbacks, yeah, you know, you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't be like, you know, like that 100% of the time. But, you know, for the most, I it, think, you know, I think what you're it struggling, was enjoyable. Yeah, it I, was enjoyable to watch him do those. I think what what it was is that he believed in everything yeah. that he was saying. Yeah. And it wasn't that he was just a salesman for this company right, or a pitch man. No. That when he got up there and he started talking about this amazing new technology, there was a childlike glee in his voice and in his eyes and the twinkle that he would give to the audience that said, I know you guys get this too. <laughs> and we did. And you're really going to dig it. And you're really, not only are you really going to dig it, you're going to just get it. And not everybody will, but you guys right here in this audience that I'm talking to, you're like me and you get it. And you felt like you were part of a special club because we did get it and yeah. we did love the products and they enabled us to do so much that quite honestly, uh, many of us would never have had the opportunity a lot yeah. of people say, yeah, the graphical user interface would have been invented without Apple or Steve Jobs. Most likely, yes. The MP3 yeah, it revolution... Was too, it was too good of an idea to, to not eventually come out. Absolutely. The MP3 revolution, of course it would have happened without Apple. But the difference is, it didn't. And the changes that Apple instituted really gave the power to the consumer rather than the big industries out there. Which the big industries didn't get until it was too late. And well, I don't honestly think they still get it. Most of them. Uh, I, I don't really yeah. think, well, no, they, they understand that they've lost the power, which yes. scares them. Yes. Oh, absolutely. But they didn't see that at the beginning. They saw basically all the big music companies saw iTunes. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have all these record stores and there'll be a few people who will buy music online, not realizing that the moment they signed that agreement with Apple to allow their content to be sold in iTunes, they just signed the death knell for CDs. They just signed the death knell for and Steve Jobs got that. Remember his open letter to the record industry about DRM? Yes. I mean, this is a CEO of one of the most popular companies in the world publicly calling out other companies that their business practices are wrong and that he was siding with us with our ability to put our music on any device we want to listen to that we shouldn't be restricted, restricted with these draconian measures because it didn't do us any good and it did not help these companies. And Steve Jobs just got it. And I think that letter endeared him to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, you know what a lot of people don't understand is, D, you know, they talk about DRM and, and they, they, when people that don't like Apple talk about DRM, they say, well, DRM 
locked people into the a- Apple ecosphere. It's like, okay, yes, that's true. It did. However, Apple could not sell that content without the DRM because right. they didn't own yeah. the content. It took a long time for people to, uh, to start to understand that it wasn't Apple's DRM. Well, but it took someone like that, that don't see that. I mean, if you look at uh, comments yeah, for, you know, like for example, there'll be some album that has a couple of of uh, album only cuts, and you'll see comments rev- reviewing it, saying, "I'm not going to buy this because iTunes isn't letting me buy this particular track individually." It's like, well, you know what? It's not Apple. It's not iTunes that isn't letting you buy that song. It's That's whoever right. owns it. They are in control of their content and apple was and by extension because of steve jobs was one of these companies that for the most part always tried to do what they thought was right and usually what's right is what's right for the customer and i think a lot of that is a direct result of steve jobs and the counterculture movement he grew up in he was not just a believer but a participant of that movement. oh yeah and it was that counterculture liberal learnings and leanings that Steve Jobs had that he applied to managing and running Apple. And I think that's a big reason that Apple was as successful as it was. Not to get real political on people, but I think that had a lot to do with it. He made the yeah. products that he knew people would vote for with their wallet. These are the products people want. Even before we knew we wanted it. Guy, you didn't know you wanted an iPad until you saw an iPad. Exactly. And but, you know, but 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 he knew he wanted one as well, I think. Absolutely, and that that's kind of what I'm going at, that yeah. he got it. He understood. Yeah. He was one of us, even though in many respects he wasn't, because He operated on a different level. He absolutely did. And he understood us in a way that few did. People yeah. like yeah. John Lennon understood. Or Martin Luther King understood uh, that he they had visions of what we could be, and as compared to what we are, as as or what we had been before, or where this journey is going to take us. And I think, I really do believe that, as much as podcasters, we try to look forward and we kind of guess what's going to come next, and we give our opinions on it. Very few of us actually know. But Steve Jobs did know. I think he knows where we're going to be in 10 years from now in a way that we don't. And it's not just because of the products that they're releasing, but I think he's he was more of a futurist than anything else. Yeah, it, it, he's put he's put that ethos into the company as well. You know, it, 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 eventually there will be change. You, there's There's always change. And, you know, it's not Apple is not going to stay in the state in the the wonderful rising state that it is at this point now. But I think, it, you know, there's enough ethos in the company for, as you say, possibly 10, may even be 15 years future, um, probably 10 if, if we're reasonable, because things can change pretty sure. quick. But uh, he's put a, a great grounding in that company and, and the ethos in the company to move forward and uh, uh, to keep coming out with products which, you know, they might not be quite as sparkling as, you know, the, the, the stuff that we've had. But we've gone through an industrial revolution in the computer world. 
and you, you get spouts of it. And I think I think we're coming to the end of those golden the golden period with electronics. The next golden period, an industrial revolution like period, will it could come. 20 years from now it could come 50 years from now it could be several hundred years from now before we get the next step where people say isn't this a fantastic period to be in i think and that, I, think we, I, I think that's already started and i think it's a different type of industrial revolution i don't think right. it's going to be driven by business i think it's going to be driven by the users creating content whether that content content is the written word a video a podcast like we're doing right now or stuff that we haven't even thought of yet because it hasn't been invented by the users, by the content creators yet. Uh, but it's the technologies that Steve Jobs has given us that's allowed this democracy of user-generated content to blossom. Yeah. And I think that's the next revolution, and I think it's already underway. But we're still at the infant stage. Uh, that's, that's at least my opinion. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. So, guys, I'm going to let you guys go. I know you guys got some stuff. I've got a couple uh, letters to read and uh, from some listeners on uh, Steve Jobs. And we'll be right back with Tech Fan number 50. And make sure you check out the MyMac.com podcast. Oh, and, and the MyMac.com podcast number 370. Yeah, so what's coming up next on 370, Guy? Uh, well, our typical Guy and Gaz crazy nonsense. You know, we, we kind of discussed the... Uh, the iPhone event that just went by, what we thought was good, what we thought was bad. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, you were on it twice, uh, once in the middle and once at the end. <laughs> cool. Oh, and I, I'll have to announce now. Um, this is before we talk about the iPhone event, which has just been, but I've now got an iPhone. Talk about uh, time uh, travel. Wow, you finally got an iPhone. Well, I haven't got it. Well, I, well sorry, you've I ordered one. it. I've ordered one. Gotcha. Much like I think it was Rich, was it Rich? Yes. Who said he's yeah. So that will be my first, my first iPhone. Awesome. We'll be right back. Tim, David, uh, thanks for allowing us to take the stage and express our thoughts on Steve's passing. When the news broke, I was sitting in my office with my children. They were both happily playing on their iPads and had no idea of the loss that the world had just suffered. It got me thinking. They will never know. They are aged four and five, and as a result, they will never bear witness to the new and exciting technologies being introduced by a man who exceeded the term visionary. It will be up to us as parents to tell our children and grandchildren of the excitement and anticipation we experienced every time Steve took the stage. We have been witness to an amazing time in history. I often reflect on historical events and wonder what it would have been like to experience those. This is no different, and I believe through Steve and his vision we have the beginning of a future that without him may have been so different. Never having met Steve in person or even seen him in real life from afar, it is interesting that I, as many others do, feel such a loss at this time. The only way I was able to describe his passing to friends and family was it felt very spiritual. As time moves forward and the grieving process takes its course, topics will of course turn to the future of Apple and innovation. Please remember that the vision Steve Jobs had is not limited to the staff at Apple or the management team. We all hold a piece of his vision 
in our hands every day, be it an iPad, a laptop, an iPhone, an iPod. Take that vision, the passion he had, and apply it to your life every day. If all of us can apply just a small amount of passion and vision to society in general, I have no doubt that the world will end up being a better place. Guys, thanks again for this show and this opportunity. It's much appreciated and helps us all through the grieving process. Final segment of Tech Fan number 50, Tim Robertson solo. Everyone's gone from Skype now, and I'm left with uh, myself and you listening. So I asked everybody how they found out Steve Jobs had passed away and what he meant to them. Uh, so now it's my turn. I found out because a coworker had sent me a text that said apple.com RIP Steve Jobs. And so I went to apple.com and confirmed that indeed Steve Jobs had passed away. And everyone used the the term stunned, I think here today. And that was kind of, I want to say I was prepared for Steve Jobs passing away or what it would mean to me when he stepped down as CEO, but I really didn't, and I really wasn't prepared. And I was just stunned. And I immediately went into reflection mode. Now, I had seen Steve Jobs a number of times during the keynote. Probably the most, the two most famous things, my personal encounters with Steve Jobs, maybe three, um... The first one was in, at Macworld 2000 when uh, Adam Carnabog, our, our, our then webmaster at MyMac.com, and I had uh, gone in and sat down for the Macworld Expo keynote, and we were right in the front. We were literally in the third row, right in the middle. I was on an aisle seat, and Adam was to my right. So there was nothing to my left. And the person sitting directly in front of us turned out to be Steve Wozniak. Now, this was the Macworld Expo where we all got to see the Mac OS X for the very first time. And it scared the crap out of me because as a diehard Mac user who used machines, these machines, and and as an IT manager, it was my job to make sure these machines were running correctly. And I didn't know crap about Unix, and it scared the crap out of me. All of Mac OS X did. It was just it was frightening, but it was exhilarating at the same time. And Steve Jobs was, he was just dynamite on stage, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Before the expo or before the keynote actually started, Steve Jobs was in the audience and he was talking to a lot of the dignitaries who were sitting right in front of me. I could have reached out and uh, touched Steve Jobs a number of times. Now, you know, I'm a, I'm a nobody sitting there. And we were actually in the wrong seats. Uh, the people at the expo had told the press in rows three and four that these were reserved seats for VIPs and that we were going to have to move. Uh, instead of doing so, I told Adam to turn his badge backwards so they couldn't see that we were press and just stay put. And that's what we did, and we never moved. I'm sitting there. And Steve Jobs is standing right there. And he's got a big smile on his face. He's enjoying himself. He's in his element. 
and he's shaking people's hands and he's talking to them and he looks directly at me and smiles. I smile and I nod and he smiles a little more and then goes back to the person he was talking to. It meant nothing to him. And he had probably forgotten my face two seconds after the nod. But it meant something to me. And it would be something I knew I would never forget. And 11 years later, I haven't. My second interaction was at the same expo. There was a company that was selling watches. And these were Apple-branded watches. And Steve Jobs was walking the expo floor, which maybe a lot of you didn't realize that he did that. He absolutely did. Steve Jobs used to make an appearance on the Moscone floor, walking around looking at the different booths. I was one booth over when Steve Jobs encountered these Apple Watches. And he threw a shit fit. And this company had a licensing agreement to sell these watches with the Apple logo. Obviously, Steve Jobs was unaware of this. All he knew was his company's brand was on these, admittedly, some of them was cheap-looking watches, but some of them were very nice. I still have one, actually. I, I bought one immediately after Steve Jobs left the booth. And at first I thought, what a jerk, but then I thought about it. This was a man whose entire professional career was based around Apple. And he was simply protecting his brand. And you have to respect that. But I saw him get angry. And I know a lot of people have never seen Steve Jobs get upset like that. And it left an impression on me. My last one that I want to talk about was when I started MyMac.com, and originally it was just MyMac Magazine, I really didn't like the name. Uh, the name came because uh, I had created the first issue. It was completely done, except I hadn't named the magazine yet. I didn't know what I was going to call it. So at the last second, since I was sitting in front of My Mac, I just called it MyMac. MyMac Magazine. But I wasn't happy with the name at first. So I eventually contacted Apple and asked about the possibility of using the name eWorld. Now, eWorld was kind of a, an online AOL type of service that Apple ran briefly, and it was, it was a failure. Uh, Apple closed it down. But for a short amount of time, it was very popular. And Mac users loved eWorld. And Apple was no longer using the name. And if you went to eWorld.com, it would just simply redirect to Apple.com. It probably still does today. I haven't checked. I thought it was a great name. Long story short, I got a licensing agreement with Apple to use eWorld. So my Mac was going to change its name and become eWorld. But I was... Between the point of me asking and them discussing it and actually approving it, I made the mistake of emailing Steve Jobs directly with my proposal. And he replied and told me no. 
that Apple did not want to license the name, that they may have future plans for it, something to that effect. And it was crushing to me. I thought, you idiot, you, you, you blew it. Why did you email Steve Jobs? And then the next day or the day after, I mean, it was almost no time, a uh, FedEx delivery, and it had a legal licensing agreement with Apple for eWorld. So obviously Steve Jobs didn't know everything that was happening in this company. He didn't know about the Apple watches and he didn't know that his legal agreement had already, his legal department had already come to a licensing agreement with me for eWorld. Now I never actually uh, signed those documents. They wanted $2,000 a year and there was a lot of restrictions on how the the name could appear. Um, And I didn't want to be beholden to Apple. I didn't want the possibility of writing something negative and Apple not being happy about it. So I never signed it. And my Mac obviously stayed the same. What does uh, Steve Jobs mean to me? Well, I kind of wrote a post up at, at mymac.com. I didn't, well, I didn't kind of, I did. It's about, I don't know, six or seven paragraphs. Uh, I would ask that you simply go to mymac.com scroll down a little bit and find in fact it'll be the one right before this podcast uh, tech fan 50 called the passing of a legend um please read it and let me know what you think we did get a couple of email text submissions Uh, i put the word out before we recorded this show if you want to say anything about steve jobs uh, send it to us in an audio file and You guys have heard that at the beginning of the show or during the show. So uh, these are the last two. The first one is from listener Antonio Gomez. And I believe we had uh, Antonio on the show at one point way back in the day at my Mac as a listener invite. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Antonio was on my Mac. So this is from Antonio. And if I stumble over my words, it's because I'm very tired right now, by the way. And I I don't read well sometimes. (laughs) So Antonio writes, I never met Steve, but he certainly influenced my life like so many others. When I first read the news on Twitter, a deep sense of sadness overcame me. It's hard to explain how the death of somebody you never knew, someone who didn't know you existed, impacts you. I used to tell my wife that if I could have a meal with any 10 people in the world, he would be guest number one. He was a true visionary, and I think his greatest strength was the was being able to surround himself with amazing people that shared his vision and could make it happen. The world will miss him, and he leaves a great legacy. My condolences to his family, friends, and colleagues. Thanks, Antonio. Uh, Quite honestly, I couldn't have said it better myself. Steve Jobs definitely would have been on my top ten list. Um, I was always kind of intimidated by Steve Jobs personally. Uh, I don't think Steve would have liked me. Uh, I w- I'm very different than what I knew of Steve Jobs. I'm very opinionated. Uh, I like to argue. I uh, I want to say I don't take shit from anybody, but that's not true. We all take shit from people. I don't care how strong of a person you are. But I don't think I would have got along with Steve Jobs. I think there's a lot of things about me he would not have liked. But I do like to think that creatively... I was more like Steve Jobs. Um, And I don't know about you all, but to me that's important. 
to have that creativity. Now, I haven't created anything like Steve has with Apple that's going to change the world, but in my small world, I have created some things. I created MyMac.com and this podcast, uh, the MyMac Podcasting Network. I have influenced a few people to start their own shows, which I absolutely love. When, when people tell me they started their own podcast because they've heard me say how fun it is and encouraging them and it gave them the whatever to go and do it. I love that. And I think maybe Steve Jobs is a little like that. When, when people created stuff, there's a little bit of satisfaction knowing that in some way he had a hand in that. And he obviously surrounded himself with very talented people who made his vision of what Apple could be and the technologies we use every day uh, come to fruition. Last one here is from Steve Hammond. Uh, It's quite long. When I heard Steve Jobs had passed away, I was very sad. Steve was an inspiration to me. His charisma was so huge that even without knowing it, Steve changed my life. He makes me who I am, even if I never met him in person, did not see one of his presentations in in person, never been in the same room as him, and what he did influences all my life. Uh, He was born... I was born in 1968. This is still from Steve. I was born in 1968. When Steve started the computer revolution, I was old enough to be totally seduced by it. In the 12th grade, I was chosen from a huge list of students to be enrolled in the computer class, where only a little number of elite students were selected. The school had Apple IIs in the classroom. My teammate and I made a year-end project that even our teachers were amazed to see. He did not even understand most of the programming tricks that we used in our basic program. From then, I was sold on computers, and my life was totally oriented in that field. I studied computer science up to a master's degree in the University of Montreal. Steve Jobs forged, in a way, my life and my career. Along the way, I worked for a year at at an Apple reseller in my region where where I delivered hundreds of Macs to customers. I then worked in a university where I also had to support Windows PCs and Mac. Today, I work in a large telecommunications company in Canada, one that is selling the iPhone. I followed Steve Jobs' career as he was getting older. I remember seeing the lineup of Next Computers in a technology show in Montreal. The Next technology was then, I'm sorry, the technology then was totally years before its time. I'm more than happy today to use my everyday life to use in my everyday life the accomplishment that came from those next computers I saw 20 years ago. My 27-inch iMac, my iPad 2, my my iPhone 4, and my brand new 13-inch MacBook Air are jewels I cherish for my personal passions. Sorry I'm stumbling over that, Steve. It's it's not your writing. It's, uh, It's me. To finish, he says, I'd like to offer my sincere condolences to the family, friends, and Steve's co-workers who are in pain of his passing. I will always remember Steve as a mentor. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Thanks very much, uh, Steve Hammond. And again, sorry for stumbling over your letter there. I should have made the text bigger on the document that I'm looking at. But uh, small text on a 27-inch monitor is pretty small. So with that, we're going to wrap up Tech Fan number 50. We'll be back again next week i'm sorry that this has been such a long episode but it's one of those rare times that i think it's justified um 
I'd love to hear more from you guys. If you want to send in some uh, some sound bites uh, or some email about Steve Jobs, we'll play them on the next show as well. You can email them to feedback at mymac.com or you can leave a message on our Skype answering service and we'll play the audio right here. It's one 801 938 5559. You can find the phone number and email address in the show notes at mymac.com, techfan number 50. So, for everybody who was on the show today, uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in a week. <laughs>